Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Virginia Amateur Wrestling Association presents the Virginia Wrestling Roundup Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Bryant, and each month we'll talk about things related to Virginia wrestling and programs and initiatives from the Virginia Amateur Wrestling Association. This show is proudly sponsored by Cliff Keen Athletic, built for life. And welcome to episode four of the Virginia Wrestling Roundup, brought to you by Virginia Wrestling Association and presented by Cliff Keen Athletic. Today on our dais, I'm calling it a dais because this is a panel of important people. Again, Andrew Farah, the executive director of VAWA, along with Brian Hazard, whose title still floats around. We we're not quite sure. Uh, junior director emeritus, uh, board member, general all-around nice guy, pretty good announcer. Joe Russell, the head coach at George Mason University. Kevin Dresser, the head coach at Virginia Tech. And State Chairman Bill Swink. we got a lot to talk about this episode. It's been an exciting month for Virginia Wrestling. Obviously, last episode, we talked at length about the VHSL and the state tournament uh, as it related to the high schools. We're going to focus on VAWA topics. But first, we're going to talk about... The wonderful world of collegiate wrestling. It wasn't just Division One guys that we had All-Americans. Hazard, uh, we had a couple guys in Division Three, and we even had one in the NAIA. Of course, Devin Carter, Zach Epperly, and Max Huntley, who we will claim for VAWA, even though his bio at Michigan still, for some reason, says Emerald Isle, North Carolina. Bill, he was a... He was a wrestler for you at Colonial Forge before he went to Blair Academy. Before we, we get into that, I just want to ask you, Bill, what was it like to see one of your wrestlers, a guy that came through your program? Obviously, he'd bounced around militarily, if that is a term. But uh, before he went to Blair, he was in your program. What was it, ni- was it nice to see? Obviously, it was nice to see Max on the podium for the first time. Yeah, it was very nice to see Max on the podium. Uh, you know, he's had some injuries in his collegiate career, so it was Good to see him stay pretty injury-free this year and get up on the podium at the end. It was it was very gratifying. And of course, you're you're claiming him completely. Not completely. Well, you're claiming him as a Virginian. He, definitely, his dad's a Virginian. They live most of their life in Virginia, and he never wrestled in North Carolina a high school match. So um, we'll claim him. Yeah, we'll claim him. And uh, two of the other Virginians, at least at Division One level, Devin Carter and Zach Epperly, Coach Dressel, will pitch this to you. Both those guys uh, come through the Christiansburg program. What's it mean for a Virginia college to have two Virginians place when it comes to basically the landscape of the state and the sport of wrestling? Well, based on the um, the breakdown I saw, I think, on Monday of the All-Americans across the United States, uh, there's a lot of really good states out there. For instance, Oklahoma had one All-American. And Oklahoma's 
known for years as a, as a wrestling state. So I think it just shows you where Virginia is. I think it just shows you how hard it is to, to get All-Americans. Uh, so uh, obviously we're excited. To, and last year we had three All-Americans with uh, Devin and Joey and Chris Penny. And this year we had two. So we want to, and we like recruiting Virginia kids, and we want to put uh, Virginia kids in the podium. We want to put anybody in the podium, obviously, but uh, sure nice when they're Virginia kids. And, Brian, we'll pitch this to you since both you and I were in Hershey, Pennsylvania for the Division Three championships. Derek Arnold of your sinus was an All-American Division Three, as was Zach Roseberry, who attended Brentsville District, was a double-A kid when we still had the double-A of the double-A, triple-A, and single-A. Of course, Brentsville for years – known as the single-A powerhouse. So, uh, you know, Brian, it was your first experience at the Division Three Championships. I mean, talk about the competition and what you saw from from the Virginia boys. Uh, you know, it was a phenomenal tournament and, you know, different than the Division Ones. Uh, a little bit more leeway with the fans coming down towards the mat. Um, but, you know, for years I, I listened to a lot of kids saying, I want to be a Division One wrestler. Well, with so few programs and so many other programs around the D2, D3, NAIA, JUCO, there's opportunities for great competition all over the country. Roseberry at heavyweight, you know, he was a, a you know, 195 and a 215-pounder while he was at Brentsville. He's enormous. I mean, he is just a big kid. Uh, Derek Arnold wrestled for Westfield and uh, was third in Virginia State's um, but was right kind of in the mix there. That was the year um, Neil Richards won his second title, and uh, Derek was third and was just a stud then, and he's done a great job at her sinus. And, you know, he was just a skosh away from being in the finals. He beat the kid who was in the finals from Del Val, Vinny Fava, in the uh, conference finals. So, you know, Virginia there, I recommend kids take a peek at Division Division three, Division two schools, because there's opportunities for great wrestling. Now we'll swing this over to Coach Russell. As we were, we don't want to leave you out. Obviously, George Mason, you had two guys qualify. Jake Kettler, who's from uh, up in my neck of the woods here in Minnesota, from Anoka, and then you also had Greg Flournoy, who's from Fauquier. I mean, you got two guys through. You know, it, that one of those is a Virginia guy. What's the building process for you at George Mason? Well, you know, I think we are making progress, and we definitely want the Virginia guys at George Mason. So I think Brian Hazard is wrong. They need to look at George Mason first before they look <laughs> at other divisions or, or programs. But, but uh, you know, real excited to have Greg uh, represent uh, Virginia High School wrestling at the national tournament. And he did a good job. He lost a couple matches, uh, one in overtime, one by a last-second takedown. And I think he now knows he can compete with the best. And, and that's real positive, having him come back next year, and he can kind of share that experience with the team, and and also he knows he belongs at that national tournament. So I think, you know, real positive having him come through the way he did, and I think we can definitely build on that in the future. Yeah, and you're definitely not the first George Mason coach to tell Brian Hazard he was wrong about something. <laughs> but you're the first one that's actually going to, uh, you know, get the job done and get a new wrestling room there. I, I know you've been really working hard to do that and working on – uh, you know, building that program from the bottom up again, and, and you're doing great things. But they've told me no a lot and told me I'm wrong. So, No, I appreciate that, Brian. We are definitely trying to make progress here and trying to do things long-term to have this program be solid. Now shift gears a little bit. Uh, Andrew Farah, you're going to kick it off with some things that we've had going on. Obviously, we'll get a roundup of the uh, the kid stage from Bill Swink. But, Andrew, just uh, give us a rundown of what's some things that have been happening in VAWA since our last show. Sure. Well, everybody asked me if I'm catching my breath and, and kicking my heels up now that folk style is over. And 
Um, as everyone on this call knows, it's quite the opposite. We're uh, kicking into full gear for Greco freestyle season and have a uh, VAWA team that we're going to send out to the NWCA USA Wrestling Duels um, at Wabash in Indiana in a couple weeks. Um, but just uh, switching gears and helping clubs and, and youth leagues and uh, everybody around the state look forward to uh, NHSCAs and, and then everything uh, freestyle and Greco related in the next uh, couple months. And before we get there, uh, Brian, if he's not going to correct you on this, I will. We we did discover last year it's Wabash. It's it it doesn't have an L, but it's pronounced with an L. So uh, when you take your kids out there to Crawfordsville, make sure they know it's Wabash. Well, we better not mess it up because that's Dick Glover's stomping grounds, and uh, he'll uh, he'll get on us if we're uh, mispronouncing that one back home in Virginia. Uh, yeah, and he's he's one of the subscribers of the show, the longtime coach at Woodbury Forest. So. Uh, and actually, w- with that, we'll, we'll kick back to college just for a minute because, you know, you, you'd sent the list of the, the 24 qualifiers from Virginia colleges, and then we had seven wrestlers from Virginia at state schools, five at others, and one of those was a Woodbury Forest kid and uh, Duke Pickett at Cornell. So uh, overall, uh, again, we're, we're, we're kind of jumping back and forth here, but overall, a pretty good representation of all levels in Virginia, Andrew. Sure. Well, this is the second year that Virginia has had three – Natives uh, make the podium. All three were for Coach Stresser last year and obviously Max with Michigan this year. But, you know, doing a little research, we had our uh, our, our uh, 12 guys from Virginia, seven representing state schools, and the other five are at five of the finest institutions in the country, and those being Army, Navy, Cornell, UPenn, and Michigan. So, you know, it's just awesome to see our best and brightest are using uh, these years of hard work and, and – uh, you know, translating it into an awesome degree. And, and all of those guys, regardless of how NCAA tournaments, uh, both this year and in the future, go for them, will we'll be joining unbelievable alumni networks, both here in the state at our state schools. And, I mean, how could you, uh, how could you argue with uh, calling yourself a Penn or Michigan or Cornell alum uh, when it's time to find a job? So, you know, that's something that, that we should be proud of and, and speak strongly to the uh, guidance and advice that, uh, high school and club coaches are giving kids around the state. So uh, it's not just about our best and brightest, but when you have a tournament like the NCAAs that shows what the entire country is doing, it's nice to see uh, you know small little indicators like that that uh, we as an entire state are moving in the right direction. So, Bill, let's give us a rundown of the kid states. Uh, understand we had a big turnout. Obviously, we had super states a week or so before that. And uh, you know, how are how are we rolling with the with our state level tournaments as we end folk style and head into freestyle? Oh, I, I thought they ended well. You know, we had the the folk style kids state tournament. Great rep- representation. Um, Eight hundred and eighty uh, young athletes competed. Um, I'd like to give a little shout out to the clubs in the eight and under division. Um, we had top five teams, and fifth was Team Cobra out of Culpeper. Uh, fourth place was Smith Mountain Lake Wrestling Club. Third was the Stafford Highlanders. Second was, was the Raptors uh, Wrestling Club up out of Skyline. And the champs were the Bandits up from Northern Virginia. So you can see a um, wide array of the state represented. The 9 and 10 group. Uh, fifth place team was Virginia Team Predator. Stafford Highlanders were in fourth. The Bandits were in third. Smithfield uh, was in second, and the Raptors won that division. 11 and 12 group, we had the Team Cobra from Culpepper in fifth. Virginia Elite out of Christiansburg was in fourth. Powerhouse Wrestling Club 
Aaron Stafford was third. The Bandits were second. And Virginia Team Predator won that age group. And then the 13 13 and 14, 13 and 14 age group, we had Team Cobra in fifth. The Hanover Hawkeye Wrestling Club was in fourth. Grundy Wrestling Club in third. Uh, Virginia Team Predator was in second. And the Bandits won that age group. Uh, So big representation. That was on Saturday and Sunday. We had uh, elementary school and middle school club duel championships. Two great. I got to watch both the championship duels. They were outstanding. Elementary division, Predator came came down the last heavyweight match. They won and beat Powerhouse. And uh, the middle school, the Bandits beat Powerhouse. And again, it came down to the heavyweight match. So both those duels came down to the heavyweights for the title there. So. Some great wrestling, and then we did have the Super States, ninth and 10th grade division, and then the, that open division. Good wrestling, very good wrestling. More kids uh, this year than last year, so it's growing, and hopefully that event will continue to grow. It's an outstanding chance to put all divisions in one tournament, 1A, 6A, private, it doesn't matter. So as we, again, move away from folk style, and Andrea talked about the Scholastic Duels, which is a tournament that uh, I got to see for the first time back in Battle Creek in 2001. Uh, Swank, I think one of your wrestlers got left there one year, but that's that's another story <laughs> entirely. But, uh, you know, this, yeah. this event has yeah. always been a hammer of an event. Uh, back then uh, in 2001, I remember seeing, you know, Roger Kish as a sophomore in some battles. Christian Staler that, with the team from Virginia that we brought out there. I was battling Matt Valeni. I mean, it was up and down the lineup. And, you know, we look back at that coaching staff in 01, Daryl Weber, uh, from Christiansburg, who was relatively new to the state at the time. Jamie Kelly, who was at Cox at the time. Teddy Evans, who was, uh, I believe, at Tallwood or Kempsville at the time, one of the beach schools. And then uh, then yours truly is the media guy. So interesting dynamic of the staff. We, uh, we as a team took, I believe, sixth or seventh out there. But that was a hammer team. Then it moved over to Delaware. It's been in Pennsylvania. It, it's a great event. And then, uh, you know, it, it's kind of the last folk-style event and it is a USA Wrestling sanctioned event. So, uh, Bill, from your experience coaching, you know, you've, you've taken teams there. You've had parts of your team there. I mean, you know, where's the benefit here of this, this last real folk-style event after you got the Flow Nationals, the NHSCAs, and, and even the USA Wrestling uh, folk-style nationals? Uh, I think it's a great event for two reasons. The competition, like you said, Jason, is outstanding. Um, kids, it's all underclassmen, which I really like. So it's, you know, guys that will – be competing next year. It's kind of a preview to some of the best in the state um, and, and states from around the country that are going to have that following year. And uh, I like the fact that the kids get to compete as Team Virginia and they get you know a bunch of kids around each other uh, from various parts of the states and different teams. And, um, you know, that carries over every year. Uh, those kids come back from that event and the various dual team events that we do and you see that friendship that they build and you know they'll go and work out with each other in the off season I know heck we pick up guys that'll come into our room and train that because they met somebody on one of these trips so I think it's an invaluable experience you get great competition um, a lot of team building and uh, like I said all all underclassmen so great event as we talk about the the network of the states, these are some things that we're trying to do in Virginia and and continue and develop and innovate within our state. Joe, you come from uh, a long career up in Minnesota, where the Minnesota Storm is 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 the state association, super organized. 
you know, super member oriented. You got a lot of volunteers and board members that that have served long after their kids have graduated from college. Uh, what are some things that uh, that Minnesota has done well over the years that you've seen Virginia also kind of pick up here since you've been in the state? Yeah, I'm real excited the direction uh, Virginia wrestling's been going. Uh, you know, Coach Swink's doing a great job, and and you know, getting an executive director is huge. Uh, getting that person that's there full time working that was a, a big advantage, and now Virginia has that. Uh, working hard to grow the numbers, getting kids involved. Uh, the bigger your your base is from the young kids coming up, you know, the better it'll be as they go through the ranks. And and those improvements have been huge uh, for Virginia. And then, you know, just trying to get things more uh, streamlined, and and then also more uh, throughout the state. You know, the same curriculums going out, getting the same coaches, getting people all on the same page, so kids are learning the right skills when they go and compete, getting the kids to the right competitions, and all those things are happening in Virginia. So it it is. Super exciting as a college coach to see that uh, development from the youth level coming up through to the college level. Now, what have you seen uh, from from your experiences in Minnesota? Where you you know the the problem we've had in Virginia in some cases is getting some of our better kids to come out. Whether they they may not be freestyle oriented or they may not know Greco, but uh, you know in Minnesota you might get those guys that all right. There's there's enough coaches and clubs around that you can entice them. But where where is the selling point for the high school coach to say, all right, you guys, it's time to go wrestle freestyle and Greco? I mean, how does Minnesota get those numbers and not just the numbers of bodies, but the numbers of all Americans in both styles? Well, I think part of it is just getting getting people past that initial fear. You know, they don't know Greco or they don't know freestyle, so they're afraid to coach it. Well, just getting the kids into the clubs is important and, and getting them out there to, to coaches and know what's going on. And I think having a curriculum of certain techniques that are being taught helps. And, and I think in Minnesota, you know, it's just kind of like in Virginia, it's getting to be more so, you know, you, need, you can be at this sport year-round. Uh, freestyle and Greco, they transfer over to uh, folk style enough that you can – benefit from it and so i think people are seeing those benefits and i think it'll continue to grow as long as you know people are excited about it and pushing it a little bit coach dresser pitched this one to you when it comes to recruiting athletes obviously joe's in the same boat at mason but well we're roping you back into the conversation you know you, you look at the guys on your roster and, and i'd say uh, 90 percent of them did some type of off-season wrestling in, in, in the olympic styles i mean when you look at recruiting kids obviously not every kid is going to place in Fargo, but just by them going out there competing, that sends a message to the college coach, correct? Absolutely. I think the, the biggest benefit that we see is, uh, is the fact that they like wrestling. And, and, you know, if you go do the Fargo, you go do the freestyle thing or the Greco thing, to me, the, it, to me it's, it's a plus because obviously they're getting great experience and they're getting more matches and everything, but more than anything, to me, it's a sign that they like wrestling, and college wrestling is so hard. Um, it's so hard that if you don't love it, it's going to be probably a short-term experience. So I like the fact that, uh, you know, when, I, when we – it's real hard for me to go after and spend a lot of money on a kid that just wrestles from November to February. It really is because, to me, that means that they're, they either don't like wrestling or they're afraid to compete against the best guys. And let's face it, the uh, the freestyle and the Greco circuit puts you on a national stage really quick. Whereas, you know, nothing against Virginia because I coached high school wrestling in Virginia for 18 years. But the winning a Virginia high school title, especially now with the way that the Virginia high school league watered everything down, 
really doesn't mean much. It really doesn't. I mean, uh, we don't we don't look at we don't look at Virginia State title. I can tell you that we look at kids that are getting, that are getting out there and doing it in the off season and doing it on the freestyle circuit and the national folk style circuit. Now, Andrew, we've got some interesting developments on how we're we're going to model the trips and things of this this year in terms, and it's actually kind of been in process the last year and a half. And uh, you know, I, I mentioned this on one of our earlier episodes that there was a camaraderie this year with or this past year in Fargo with you know instead of in the dorms and you know dealing with uh, all sorts of issues that 900 other teams around will, will present it was a smaller team it was a team that uh, you had picnics each day outside it was real team building and and some of that goes from I guess that that pyramid style you were talking about give us some insight on you know how the structure of these national team trips are going to work this year sure well I hope our national team trips are known more for you know, coming home with hardware than picnics, but uh, hey, I enjoyed the food. Okay, that was for me. That wasn't for you. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you and Mike Dixon got on it. No, uh, you mentioned a pyramid structure, and, and we're moving to a model where our competition schedule and calendar uh, is just that. Um, we want everybody and their mother to compete uh, in local uh, tournaments. We want everybody to come out to the state freestyle and Greco tournament the last weekend in April. And, and then beginning in May, we hope that the kids that have success locally and at the state level will move on to the regional tournaments, uh, Northeast Regionals the first weekend in May. We have Southeast Regionals a few weeks later in Atlanta, and then we have Fila Cadets uh, to wrap up the month of May. So um, we're going to you know, organize our competition calendar similar to that of any regular season high school or college conference and progress through regular season and then uh, and then move on to the postseason. And um, you know, we're going to be sending coaches, uh, VAWA national team coaches, to Northeast Regionals, Southeast Regionals, field of cadets, so, so kids get an opportunity to be part of the team and, and get you know access to those coaches. And then um, as we move into duels in June, we're, we're going to try and send two teams to cadet duels and then fill a big team for East Coast Junior Duels here on the East Coast. So... Uh, um, you know, we're, we're trying to create opportunities that make sense. And then for those that have really proven they can hack it with the best in the country, um, you know, we'll, we'll get them ready for Fargo. So, um, you know, that's the model in a nutshell. And, and, and we will jump into that um, with both feet next weekend with our first uh, Virginia State Freestyle and Greco event here in the Richmond area at New Kent High School. So looking forward to it. Now, now, Bill, I understand we're going to the East Coast Junior Duels, as Andrew had, had referenced, that they're going to put a big team together for that. And uh, while the Junior Duels in Oklahoma has been, uh, you know, kind of a meat grinder in a lot of ways, uh, why the decision to go with the East Coast Junior Duels? Obviously, it's regional. It's a lot less expensive. But uh, even though that dual concept, that's going to get you a lot of matches and kind of simulate uh, what you're going to get out in Fargo. Yeah, it, it does, Jason. Uh, we've had a lot of debate here. Um, at the leadership conference out in Colorado every year, we, we talk to other state coaches and programs, and, and um, it is a good grind. You get great competition. Um, I know, like, Wisconsin is quick going to it. Um, they feel it's too close to Fargo, and they, they get a lot of kids uh, beat up at the junior duels. Um, you know, we, we went last year. Uh, we've had trouble fielding that team I think it's based on the time of year for a lot of our kids that are juniors because we get out of school so late. They've just finished school, and they don't feel like traveling. Um, 
And, you know, last year we had a team, we had, we had some good guys on the team. If your team doesn't do well at that, though, you get in some of the, those lower-level pools and your, your studs, a kid like Dylan Wisman, he's, he's not getting any good matches. Um, so, you know, we decided to focus on East Coast duels right now. Um, Pennsylvania's not hasn't gone out to junior duels either, but they'll have their team at the East Coast duels. So um, anytime you can hit the Pennsylvania team, you're, you're, uh, you're in good shape. You're going to get a lot of good experience from it. So, you know, we'll get to wrestle them in freestyle and Greco. I think it's also worth noting that uh, we had a great experience with our Fargo training camp uh, in Blacksburg. Uh, Coach Dresser and Roby and, and Hoffman, uh, you know, uh, really helped us in hosting that. And, and we plan on doing that again this year. And, and we're, uh, we're going to open that up to applications for kids that have uh, been wrestling freestyle and Greco in the spring. And, and we're really going to bang them up. We're going to train hard and finish up on – july 11th and let them go home and recover and then and then head out to fargo so you know that's part of the plan too we're not gonna just drop it for for uh, a couple weeks but um gonna keep guys here closer on the east coast and 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 train really hard before we uh, go out to fargo and blacksburg which is a perfect segue andrew into our our regional training center and uh, that type of discussion, of course, Coach Dresser's got the uh, Southeast uh, Regional Training Center down there in Blacksburg, and uh, other schools in Virginia have them. Actually, first off, before we get there, Andrew, how many how many colleges in Virginia now have regional training sites? Ooh. Um, well, Mason. So we got Mason, Old Dominion, Virginia Tech. Virginia should have one too, right? Virginia does not have one. No, they do not as yet. Okay. Ferrum does. Ferrum does. All right. Yes. Nate Yetz are getting on the ball there. Yes. So with that, now let's pitch that to, to Coach Dresser as far as the regional training aspect. This is kind of something that uh, you get a USA Wrestling endorsement. Uh, there's, there's limitations on who can be there during the year, but uh, just in the few short years that uh, the training center system has been around, at least in Virginia, what benefits do you see, not just from, from the college program that has it with the, the senior-level athletes, but with the local community that has the ability, uh, I believe the range is, what, within 50 to 100 miles per NCAA rules, about coming and being able to be part of that program? Well, post um, post high school season and pre high school season, it's actually further than fifty miles. So it's um, I think according to the law, I think it's around two hundred or two hundred or two fifty. But but you know it's great to get you know Joey Dance and the and the kids that were local um, when they were you know high school kids, giving them a, a place to train. So it's nice when you get high school and college guys, the best high school and the best college guys together. In a training environment, and that's what the regional training—that's one of the things that the regional training center does for you—is it allows you to is to get get good kids together and, and train in freestyle. And we don't do a lot of wrestling; we do a little bit, but mostly we're we're just freestyle. So we'll start up, you know, freestyle workouts here pretty soon again, and get guys ready to go for the university nationals, and get guys ready to go for uh, Vegas. And obviously, we'll have guys that are training a lot this summer for Fargo too. So uh, it's just a bit of great tool that the NCAA has adopted or has allowed uh, colleges to, to progress to. Joe, you're taking, you know, you're being kind of the resident Greco expert. Sorry, Brian, uh, even though you did win a, win a title. Uh, but, but Joe, you've got the, uh, the Greco expertise in your background and obviously haven't been around Minnesota where, where Greco is, is, doesn't play second fiddle to anybody. Uh, you know, where are the benefits of you seeing it from the George Mason aspect? 
Well, the regional training center, I think, you know, what Coach Dresser said is exactly true. It just opens up the room more. It's been great for us to have uh, other guys in our room training uh, in the summertime with our guys. Uh, other colleges guys here doing internships in the D.C. area can come in and train in our regional training center. So it's a benefit to them as well as us. Uh, you know, likewise, Coach Dresser, you know, they'll have camps down at Virginia Tech and our guys can attend that kind of stuff. So I think it's a big plus. It just helps you grow as a wrestler and uh, it makes it more accessible to uh, people in the community. Now, as we, we shift over to the Olympic styles, obviously, uh, those of us that know and that have been to Fargo for uh, the vast number of years, is the, there is a correlation between those who place at the NCAA wrestling tournament and those who have competed and medaled in Fargo. I believe it was 80% of the champions since 1994 were at least place winners at the Division One level. And when they were at juniors, of course, going back then, it wasn't always in Fargo. But, uh, you know, I think it's 85% of those who have competed at the D1 National Championship have at least wrestled in Fargo, uh, as especially you know, whatever Fargo is, whether it was Warrensburg, whether it was, was Cedar Falls. But, uh, you know, those, those numbers really show that you improve, and if you want to be on that next level, you, you've got to compete in the summertime, and you've seen it a lot. It's you know the freestyle and Greco guys that that are winning out there are winning NCAA titles. They're 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 all Americans. And first, Coach Hazard, from a, a coaching standpoint, where's the push from where you sit to get your kids wrestling? Obviously, you went through the system. Uh, you won a Greco national title back in 1986, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no, right? I'm not that old. 1989. Come oh. on, now, Jason. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm three years off, which means it was still uh, 500 years ago. It was a, it was a long time ago. Um, you know, honestly, I have not done as good a job as I should have in the past of getting kids to go to Fargo. We usually send two or three kids each year. Uh, we do wrestle freestyle and Greco in our room. Um, and the hardest thing to do is translate the, the competitive path. Uh, point to that so we get the kids learning how to wrestle freestyle learning how to wrestle greco learning how to 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 you know win at the olympic styles but getting them to travel and, and actually step outside of their comfort zone and 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 you know dip their toe in the water on the mats in the olympic styles can be very difficult i need to do a better job of of uh you know getting those kids to the local tournaments and, and like andrew said and then the, the kids who succeed there, getting them to the regional tournaments and then the kids who do well there getting them to the national tournaments because I do want our kids to be seen um, in the national level uh, in freestyle and Greco. But it's so important. Uh, and, and watching and, and sitting mat side and, and, you know, working this weekend, uh, watching the kids who get their bodies in positions that, you know, translate to good gut wrenches. They do great arm chops and, 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 uh, and then just, you know, the scramble aspect and not funking going underneath but just getting their hips to the right place and getting the front headlocks and, you know, looking to expose um, their backs. I find myself sitting on the edge of the mat, throwing up four fingers in the air when a kid goes feet to back or, or, but, but just knowing those styles is so important. Coach Swank. I mean, you've got a kid. We talked about him after uh, your team won the Virginia duels on the uh, short time wrestling podcast, Patrick Grayson, who's heading to Nebraska. In, in your opinion, do you think Patrick would have been on as many radars as he was had he not competed in, in Fargo? Uh, no, I, I don't, Jason. Um, you know, he did really well at the NHSCA Junior uh, Tournament, and that put him on some people's radar. And some people were, were still saying, we like what he did there. Is he going to Fargo? And we'd like to see what he does out there. So I, I think it's a huge plus. And, you know, C Coach Dresser alluded to it earlier. 
with us going to seven classes, six public and one private, um, the college coaches aren't putting as much uh, credence in that state state title. So, you know, it becomes more important, I think. Um, heck, you know, another one of our athletes, J.D. Stone, was a match away in Fargo, and people started calling after that. Um, they were like, oh, he can compete at that level. So I think it's critical, and I don't think he would have – got as many offers if he would have done so well out there last summer. And Andrew, you've also seen it at the private school level where there's, there's the, I mean, I'm sure your, your kids are getting calls that have, that are, that are at St. Chris and other places you've coached just at, just in your history that, uh, you know, they, they go out to Fargo, they're wrestling these Olympic styles. They're, they're getting phone calls more than the kids who aren't. Sure. Well, uh, I've got a kid that I used to coach uh, in Texas that has wrestled for Kendall cross and me for years. And, now wrestles for Kendall at Trinity Christian Academy where Jack Mueller went and and this kid's name is Cole Williams. He's a junior. He plays seventh at national preps and, and he's a very good student. He's talking to some some Ivy Leagues and they said, you know, that's great, but we want to see it at the national level and, and where are you competing? And um he's someone who's gone to Fargo, but uh this day and age it, it can't just be a one time placement um sneaking on at seven or eight. You know, you need to show that you can do it um, consistently. And, uh, you know, once you get past, um, once you get past April, those opportunities are in freestyle and Greco, whether it be regionals, field of cadets, or then, you know, USA wrestling, uh, national duels and, and, uh, you know, the big one out in Fargo. So, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, getting back to what coach Dresser said is, you know, you gotta love it. And, um, you know, Fargo is, is just that it's it's a uh, a dome full of coaches and athletes that are junkies and um, showing that you're there is you know speaks volumes about uh, what your priorities are whether you're a coach a high school coach or, or whether you're an athlete and um, you know all of that matters uh, it's not the wins and losses are important but you, know, you got to show somebody that you're all in if they want if you want that coach to go to bat for you with a, a slot, some money, or a, uh, an admission slot. Coach Dresser, obviously you kind of echoed this a little bit earlier, but uh, you're recruiting a kid, and uh, say he doesn't place in Fargo. Uh, you know, maybe he's he's with the new bracketing system, maybe he was, he's in a blood round, or, or two years ago he went, he went seven rounds and didn't place with the old vertical pairing system. It's not just placing in Fargo. It's, it's showing you can compete. I mean, every year with that old system, you'd see guys go six, seven, eight rounds and not place. They still wouldn't be on anybody's radar except for the coaches that were there going, that kid can wrestle hard. I mean, there's, you don't have to necessarily place in Fargo to be on a college coach's radar. No, no, you don't. Um, you know, being there and, and common sense tells you that if there's five big events, uh, if you pick the five biggest events, high school events each year, and you, you judge those by how many college coaches are sitting in the stands. So if, if you go to the events where the most college coaches are, uh, you're gonna, you got a chance to get noticed whether you place or you don't place. And we recruited kids, especially early on when we started uh, recruiting. You know, we we got some kids that that didn't didn't place that were we saw in Fargo and we're like, wow, this kid went six rounds, went seven rounds, but he didn't place. I mean, I don't think uh, Gerard Garnett, you know, who everybody remembers was an All American for us. Uh, I don't believe he placed in Fargo, and uh, I could go down a list of guys that did place in Fargo. 
that ended up doing really well and all American in college. But they were right there for whatever reason. They didn't get it done, but uh, we saw them in Fargo. Well, and Coach Russell, this brings up an interesting point because, you know, it's not just the power programs that are in Fargo. I mean, obviously you were there when you, when you were in Minnesota, but you're seeing the Gardner-Webbs, the, the George Masons. Uh, you know, you'll soon see, uh, you know, Sarita down at Grand Canyon. That's a little Virginia shout-out for us because he's a – Old, old Hampton boy, but uh, you know you're seeing all these college coaches, and it's not just D1, D, it's not just D1, and it's not just the power programs. I mean, their opportunity. I mean, in your case, it's a, it's a way to say, hey, this is a Division One opportunity. We've got good resources. We have this. We have that. I mean, how many kids have you know since you've been at George Mason been like opened their eyes to the opportunity outside of the world of the Big Ten? It's important for us, you know, letting people know we're a Division One program and and seeing kids out at Fargo or or seeing them at the national competitions, that's how you find out where they really stack with the rest of the country. So for us, being out there is huge. Uh, I wish everybody else wouldn't show up, but they do. So we got to compete against them. But it is still uh, it's an important competition to go and evaluate potential uh, wrestlers. All right, Andrew, we're going to fire it at you for the final final thoughts here on Episode 4. Again, we got a busy schedule coming up. Everybody can go to virginiawrestling.com, check out the schedules for all the qualifiers, regional information, all the contact information for yourself and Bill Swink all, and, and all the staff, the coaches at virginiawrestling.com. So, Andrew, as the executive director, you, sir, get the final word. Sure. Well, uh, we're excited. Uh, coming off a great NCAA tournament, we're going to have awesome numbers down in Virginia Beach this weekend, and um, you know we're pumped about freestyle and Greco season. Uh, as guys go to local freestyle and Greco tournaments, we are going to have national team coaches uh, running some uh, some technique uh, sessions at the beginning of the warm up period. So after weigh ins, before the local tournament, expect a national team coach. Expect Ben Summerlin. Mark Strickland, Ross Jatomer, Sonny Close, Roy Hill, maybe even Saheed Cargbo, myself, uh, showing some techniques so uh, so kids and coaches can learn how to, you know, uh, lock up a you know proper ankle lace and and uh, you know score in bunches and and um, you know tighten up uh, gut wrench techniques. So again, those will those will take place after weigh-ins and, and before the, the beginning of local tournaments here in Virginia. And uh, stay tuned to virginiawrestling.com. We're going to have an announcement coming out in the next couple of days that explains um, our thought process in designing this uh, pyramid structure to the competition schedule and, and opportunities to represent Team Virginia um, later on this spring and the beginning of the summer. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.